Good morning, good afternoon. This is David Robert for the Marketplace of Ideas podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful Saturday. This is December the 10th, 2020. We have exactly 15 more days until the big countdown to Christmas. So I hope everybody is enjoying the time that they have before the big day, getting together with friends and family. Uh, before we get started on this podcast, I just want to let everybody know that you can find the Marketplace of Ideas podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're talking Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, you name it, wherever you get your, uh, your podcasting fix, we are there, ready to give you the good stuff. All of that. So um, yeah, look for us episodes. We have numerous ones every week. We're just trying to work out a little bit of a schedule right now, but at least count on one or more a week, and we'll have a more detailed um, description of our schedules for episodes coming out uh, by by next week at least. So, so today we're going to be chatting about something that I saw in the news, as I as you are wont to do, and it was discussing what happens when family members and friends or close relations get caught up in cults, get caught up in religious extremism, and what happens when those relationships become so so strained that you're not even able to to have normal conversations. And so I want to do a little backtrack here and give you a little bit of brief history of why I thought this would be a really good episode and something to talk about and get a conversation going on how we can, oh man, just how we can move away from more conflict and more peace and resolution. So over the last two years, we've had friends and family who have either taken the vaccine, who've decided they don't want anything to do with it when it comes to COVID and things of that nature. There's been a lot of hemming and hawing and angry discussions about what a person should be or shouldn't be allowed to do with his or her body. So when it comes to vaccines, when it comes to wearing masks, when it comes to sheltering, when it comes to shutting down businesses, there were no shortage of angry and contentious discussions had online, as well as in person. And just just this week, uh, I was listening to the Thinking Atheist podcast, and in it, there was a gentleman, um, well, the, the gentleman who runs the podcast is Seth Andrews, a former um, right-wing conservative who, you know, after years of uh, deconstruction of his faith, he now claims and is an atheist. And on his show, we had a lady by the name of Christina Hurd. I I hope I'm saying her name right. And she has uh, a podcast called The Q Dropped Podcast, in which she talks to families and friends who have had people who have, you know, sort of fallen in line or in league with MAGA um, ultra-white Christian nationalist um, cults, um, militias, things of that nature, which are very anti-government, anti-LGBTQ, anti-big tech, anti-science, anti-diversity and immigration. Um, it's it's a pretty wild mix of conspiracies and various groups that are out there that are causing a lot of turmoil within families. And so um, she was looking at, she was talking, she talks to members, family members and friends and co-workers who have had um, their loved ones fall to these, to these lies, to these traps of, you know, the promise that by joining these, this group or by joining this following, you're going to be able to 
you know, stick it to the man or fight against, you know, the federal government. And even here in Canada, we have something similar to where we have um, a large amount of people who are very, very anti-federal government, anti-liberal government. They hold true to the values that their country is being inundated with immigrants and with people who don't share the same Christian uh, Christian Judeo, Jewish Christian Judeo values, and so their country is now going to be replaced by the heathens, dark and brown-skinned individuals from foreign lands. And it's a tale as old as time. We've seen it in the 80s, in the 90s, in the early 2000s. Um, we've seen it with various groups tearing, carrying out domestic terrorist attacks in the United States when it comes to... Um, Oh my gosh, um, back in 95, I believe, with Timothy McVeigh and the Oklahoma City bombing, Waco, Texas, um, the Bundys, actually, with uh, their standoff of the federal government when it came to grazing of their cattle. We saw it here in Canada just this February with the freedom, the so-called freedom convoy and things of that nature. So there, definitely when you know the economy is not doing as well as people would like and people are not getting the gains when it comes to um, finances in a society, we definitely see a little bit of a populist movement take place, which is where a lot of these these groups can, can chime up. And so while I was listening to um, this podcast this week by Chris, um, you know, Seth Andrews, and he had his guest, uh, the lady from the Q Drop podcast, she was relinquishing and dropping some knowledge when it comes to how we as people can fall victim to these certain cults. And she was, you know, sharing some of the heartbreaking stories that she's, she's shared. So I just want to have, you know, have a couple of points kind of, um, kind of jump to what I'm talking about here and how this is so prevalent today. So let me set the scene. If you would, it's a couple of days before Christmas, you go to visit your dad, visit your mom or any of your family that might still be around and you're talking about, you know, just the, the, uh, what's going on, you know, the, um, the going ons and the happenings of the day. We're talking about politics, or maybe you're talking about, you know, finance or what's going on with the weather. And your mom or your dad brings up a new website that they've been following or a new, you know, um, social commentator could be a talking head from one of these, you know, ultra conservative, um, think tanks. We're talking the Hoover Institution, we're talking Breitbart, we're talking the Daily Wire, I believe, or it's the Daily Beast or the Daily Wire, one of those. Um, yeah, and you kind of shuff, shuff it off, whatever, you know, nothing, nothing wrong in being informed. But as time goes on and more get-togethers happen, you start to notice a change. You start to notice that the language that your family member or friend is using is a little bit spicier. You know, this person who's you know, maybe never, never once thought about politics or was never very civically minded is now discussing problems at the border, you know, or that big pharma, big tech are out to get you or that, you know, people are, um, we, we need to, we need to fight for gun rights and, and things of that nature. And, and you start to get more and more, you know, um, more and more perplexed, but you, you kind of slough it off. And then that's where you go over, let's say, a third time or a fourth time to visit your family, and, a, and, a, and a, just a bomb gets dropped that, you know, this family member or this friend 
is now you know going to various meetings with um, with individuals, or they're part of Facebook groups that are very anti-Semitic or anti-trans um, legislation and things of that nature. And slowly but surely, you start to realize that your friend or dear family member is becoming radicalized. Their their language is starting to change. They may have moved. They may have drained their bank account and started donating or backing various political leaders who have uh, different views on when it comes to um, immigration and things of that nature. And then before you know it, you are screaming at the top of your lungs that, you know, that your family member or friend won't get vaccinated due to the fact that um, this is a covert operation by the deep state and that this has been colluded by, you know, the New World Order, that Jews are running the show, that black people are trying to replace white people um, by, you know, making sure that abortion rates are the way they are and we have to fight the good fight and uh, maintain the Christian ideology that's that is part of the, you know, Western society. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, or if that sounds like something that you've had discussions about, you may be somebody who has a family member or friend who's fallen to a cult, who's fallen to a way of thinking that is detrimental and that is self-serving only to the people that are in charge of it. And so one of the things I, I wanted to talk about was after, you know, kind of setting the scene there was just discussing how you can deal with family member and friends that fall into this kind of thing, you know, because I've been listening very attentively to uh, one of the podcasts in which they were talking about this sort of thing, and I, I would actually give a listen to the Q Drop podcast, because when, when you're listening to it, you get this sense that people are complex, you know, and identity and how we view ourselves is such a powerful force that you can have a belief system that has no basis in reality whatsoever. You can believe theories that are that have been debunked, that have been unfounded, that have not come true, prophecies that supposedly are like, you know, the next best thing to Nostradamus. And yet these people will still buy into it. And so there's such a powerful um such a powerful force when it comes to identity and how we see ourselves. And so I just want to drop off a few tips on how you can kind of deal with family and friends who you have, you know, are afraid may have been radicalized. And it's not only with religion or politics, it could be with anything. A few years ago, my wife's cousin, um, this was many years ago, but he, he dropped out of college because of his addiction to World of Warcraft. Now, I'm sure there was other things going on there. Um, never really got into it as far as, you know, maybe depression or you know, things that were kind of worrying him. And this is some, you know, this video game was, was just a great way to kind of get away from any sort of problems. But I've got some tips on how you can help yourself deal with family members that are going through this stuff. And I think the first thing you have to do is accept that this radicalization has taken place. So for myself, with my brother, or any instances that my dad has used to kind of justify certain belief systems, you have to come to the conclusion that the person that raised you, the person that you fell in love with, the brother that you grew up with and played in the park, you know, or were able to uh, go bike riding with or camping or hiking or talk about comic books and, and stuff about your childhood, that person is gone. 
right? Now, it makes it even more and more difficult when that person that, you know, you still have to kind of stay in touch with them, you still care about them, you still love them, you're in a close proximity as far as maybe your geographical regions are concerned, maybe you live in the same city, maybe you live in the same house, but regardless, you have to find a way to say, okay, my mother or my father or my dad, my brother, the person that I grew up with that I've had such a great, you know, person, um, you know, just relationship with, that person's no longer here, right? They've maybe bought into some far right or left leaning ideologies. Maybe they've, they've started to define themselves by this ideology and every conversation you have seems to always fall back to these these tropes of let's use the let's use QAnon for example it falls to this ideal that your you know our government is being overrun and that we need to fight the good fight or that people are trying to take advantage of our our civil liberties and take away our guns or stop us from you know um, bringing more babies into the world or whatever whatever the the you know the the soup of the day is when it comes to these these groups you have to sit back and say to yourself the person that i loved the individual that i cared about is no longer there all right and what that does is it puts you in a mind frame to accept them for who they are now i'm not saying that if they are you know stating that john f kennedy is going to come back from the grave that Donald Trump is still the president, that Biden didn't really actually win, that the votes were stolen, that, um, you know, COVID was, was set up to get rid of all the boomers and, and what have you. You know, truth is truth, and, and you can only humor people only so much, right, before, before you start getting out the, the you know, the, the tin, the, um, the metal tin hats and, and getting the paddy wagon ready to take them off to the funny farm. But you can say to yourself, look, I recognize this person as who they are, and I accept it. The second thing you have to do is draw your boundaries. Excuse me. And this is something that I've had to do with various family members and friends um, due to political, social belief systems that I just don't agree with, yet I still love and care about the people. And so you have to say to yourself, okay, if I'm going to go visit grandma or grandpa or dad or sister Jackie or uncle Frank or whoever it is, state, to, state before you go to visit them or to see them or to talk with them on the phone, what is your line? What will you cross? So, so for most people who follow these sort of crazy ideals and you know wacky religious beliefs and things of that nature that are based in reality, you can say to yourself, okay. Like, I see that, yeah, this person is excited and they're enthusiastic and they're all ginned up over what they're talking about and what they believe and this is a new social group for them and maybe it's giving them some meaning, maybe it's giving them some something to actually live for. That's cool. You know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna knock that. But you have to ask yourself, okay, if this is something that they really love and they care about, is this an ideology that's hurtful, that's painful, that can cause irreparable damage to people? If you look at what happened with January 6th, um, with the uh, with the attack on the Washington Capitol in America in 2021, you could say to yourself, okay, well, the ideologies that would lead somebody to storm the Capitol of Washington, to batter policemen over the head with signs that say, you know, God bless America and, you know, Trump 2024 or, or stop the steal or whatever, whatever cockamamie 
um, ideologies were, were being you know, espoused, you have to ask yourself, okay, is this something that I want to be associated with? So is that my line? Is my line stating, you know, if my dad says something anti-Semitic at the dinner table about Jews, or if my brother says something um, against transgender people, you know, or if they, or if they join far right leaning groups that have, you know, the wherewithal to, you know, to cause harm or to perpetuate an ideal that's harmful to a group of people. So a good example of that is, let's say, let's say your aunt just joined, um, a group online and this online group, um, believes that, you know, anybody who's LGBTQ, they are just grooming children, getting them ready to be sexually exploited. Or if she joined a, a group that says, you know, mothers against drag show readings or whatever, you know? Okay. Now, that might seem harmless, but if they're calling for certain ask, you know, attitudes to be taken that other people might take as a clear sign to say, oh, okay, it's open season, that, you know, we can, we can like shoot up gay bars or we could like try to target um, trans groups and, and people who are trans or LGBTQ, you have to ask yourself, okay, is this my line? Is this my line in the sand where I say, okay, you know, your far off theories about the moon landing not being real and what else? Um, you know, John F. Kennedy is really alive and Elvis is bagging groceries in Vegas somewhere with Tupac and, you know, He's, he's smoking a cigar with Castro in Cuba. Okay, these are a lot of these conspiracy theories can be very harmless, you know, and just fill a void of, hey, they're just trying to figure life out, right? Life can get very, very confusing very quickly. And if you have, you know, you have somebody that's trying to make sense of it all, sometimes you might buy into some crazy shit. Sometimes you might buy into some, some whacked out notions. But for me, I had to say to myself, and I'm sure other people will, because everybody's line is different, you know? It might be racist jokes that might say, okay, that's it. I, I'm not going to put up with this. It might be misogynistic attitudes. It might be, it might be, um, you know, gambling or drinking or getting drunk in front of your grandkids, you know, or your, or your parents saying racist stuff at the dinner table, right? You, 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 everyone's going to have a different line and everyone's going to have a different, Everyone's going to have a different set of beliefs when it comes to what they're willing to take from family. Because we have to realize, when it comes to our loved ones, there's so much history. There's so much time that's been put in. The only it, It's very, very hard and very difficult to just cut people off. And for a lot of people who are dependent on, let's say, a spouse who may or may not be the breadwinner of the home... It, it, it's very, it becomes even more tricky if you are, let's say, a young child and you're, you're deciding, hey, you know what, I was born in the wrong body. I, I feel that I'm, I'm really a girl, but I'm a boy. And you can't open up to your parents if they're super hardcore conservatives because you're depending on them for your food, your shelter, your clothing, your, very, your insurance, your very, where are you going to go, right? Who are you going to, and they're, they're still your legal guardians. So for a lot of people... And this is why, for a lot of people, they have no choice but to grin and bear it. You know, um, one of the reasons that so many LGBTQ, LGBTQ youth become homeless is because when they come out to their families, their parents will give them an ultimatum of either you, you don't live your truth, you know, or you got to get out. 
And for somebody who may or may, who may have fought and battled just to be seen and just to be heard, I mean, it, it's, 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 you're between a rock and a hard place, right? Between a rock and a hard place. So for me, you got to know what your line is, right? My line is going to be different from anyone else's, but it's going to be that one thing that says, okay, no, like this is a, this is a bridge too far. This is, this is insanity. We're not going to entertain this anymore. You know, like enough's enough. And, and so you have to come up with that. But then once you accept the person for who they are, it's my third point here, and you decide, okay, this is my line, this is what I'm not going to cross. The third thing is you have to find a strategy that works to help you maintain that relationship within the confines that you have, that you have um, described. So a great example of that is if I say I, I finally accepted my dad or my mother or my brother for what they believe, you know, no harm, no foul. I'm happy for you that it works for you. You've, you've established what your line is and what your, what your, let me see. I would say what your, what your ability, what your bullshit meter is, you know? And after that, then it's like, okay, how am I going to strategically have get togethers with these people, right? How am I going to strategically or, how am I going to plan, um, let's say, how am I going to plan my interaction with them? So, great example. Let's say you're going to visit your, your brother, right? Your brother and your nieces and nephews, but your brother has been radicalized to believe that all immigrants are just here to take jobs away from, you know, American-born citizens or, you know, or they're bringing crime, they're bringing drugs, they're bringing all of the, the bad stuff. There's a lot of bad actors. Not all of them are bad, right? But there's some bad actors, and we have to stay vigilant. And so that's all they're talking about, and that's all they're stating. Well, what you could do is talk to them beforehand and say, Look, I love you, I care about you, I get this is who you are now, I accept it. You know, even though I may not agree with it, but I still want you in my life, I still value our friendship and everything else. And I just mentioned to them, hey, is it possible that when we get together, you know, I don't, I don't buy into a lot of this stuff, you know, but I care about you. If we want to have a relationship, what do you say we have some ground rules that there's some things we're just not going to discuss, right? And I think everybody could follow that type of attitude because we all have topics that we know just are not appropriate to bring up in certain social circles. Take, for example... We don't want to bring up your bowel movements when you're talking to your lawyer. You know, you don't want to bring up the fact that, hey, you know, um, you had a sexual dream about, you know, Sigourney Weaver um, last night to your wife, you know, whatever. Or we all know that there are topics that are not meant for mixed company. You know, certain 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 things are, are meant for certain places at certain times. So we can just say, hey, you know what, if we're going to be having dinner Let's shelf all the abortion talk, all the talk about, we don't talk about hot button topics. We keep it light, loose, breezy, and, you know, light, loose, and breezy, right? Now, for some people, they might say, well, I don't feel that is conducive to having a really strong, you know, relationship with somebody. And I could agree with that. I know for myself, there are people that I personally will not have discussions about race. I will not have discussions about politics. I will not have discussions about LGBTQ matters just be, just due to the fact that they they just can't be trusted to talk with 
to speak on those events or to speak on those topics with respect, with um, dignity, and with with any sort of tact or class. You know, I, I literally there are people in my family, extended family, who I'm well aware, or, or friends, close friends that I've known for almost two decades, that I'm I'm well aware that there's no way that they can have a discussion about abortion or about Black Lives Matter or anything like that without it getting into an argument, without people taking things personally, and without it turning into something where we just won't be speaking and the, the relationship will just de-evolve into something that is that I don't want, right? I still value some of these relationships enough to say I can sit with this person for, you know, a, an hour and a half dinner or a family get-together a couple times a year and reminisce on the good things. And the reason I can do that is because, one, uh, there's another podcast episode where I describe that kind of thing. So um, I'll, um, if you want, I, I, I think it was um, The Truth Will Set You Free. I think that was it. But the bottom line is there are some people that I'm well aware that don't have the ability to talk about these things. But I still want a relationship with them. I still care about them. And so because of that, I'm like, hey, what do you say when we all get together? We don't, we don't talk about this stuff. We know that this is a sore point for both of us. We both have strong feelings on the matter. And it's just not a good, it's not a good mix. So what do you say? You know? And if they're, agreement, if they're in agreement of it, cool. You know, you set the parameters. So now you know, hey, I'm stepping into a safe space. I'm not, I'm not going to have to worry about, about saying something that might set someone off. Because we know the rules, Right? It's kind of like um, teachers in, in schools right now who, you know, they tell all the students, hey, you can't bring peanut butter into school because people have allergies. People got allergies. You can't do that. All right, cool. So I'm not going to do it. But, you know, if somebody brings peanut butter into the school, then it's like, oh, okay, so you, you've, you've now just shit on the rules. You, you don't care about anybody, right? And, and that's, that's where family has to be right you have to be in agreement to that so if now if the rules get broken let's let's talk about that for a second if the rules get broken and the talk does de-evolve into a discussion about you know the deep state or any sort of craziness then you have to be you know you know have the strength of your convictions to say and you can even verbalize it and say look we talked about this we had a deal right we said we would exert control or self-control to not discuss this sort of stuff amongst the kids, amongst family. We're just not going to do it. But you still want to do this. Why? Like, is, it, is, is this stuff that important to you? You know, this MAGA, white Christian nationalist, you know, militia or cult or, or, or new kind of faith that you've gotten or, you know, this destructive, you know, um, belief system that you it's more important to you to that I, that if this thing is more important to you than I am and if they and that, now this is something that I found out the hard way in marriage uh, being a dad being a son being a brother-in-law being a son-in-law being a brother when you ask people to give you when you give people an ultimatum and you say choose this thing over me be prepared that sometimes they're going to choose the other thing be prepared that they're going to say, if you say, well, it's either him or me, and they choose the other guy, right? You got to be prepared for that. You 
really have to be prepared for that. You have to be within the mind frame to realize, hey, sometimes the person that, that raised you that, you, that you knew from a long time ago, has changed. And they're not coming back. And if you give them an ultimatum to say, look, I love you, I care about you, and you know, I want us to have a relationship, I want us to be friends, I want us to be family members, I want us to be people who care about each other. And they can't leave this stuff alone. You have to be ready for that. I saw a very interesting episode of... Uh, well, what was it? It was a show in which they talked to people who had addictions. And some of the family members of folks who were either really deep into gambling, bulimia... Um, what's the other one? Um, drinking drug habits, any addictive um, behaviors that were destructive were shown on this on this TV show. And it would come on right after Hoarders, I think, in My 600 Pound Life. So it was some fine, fine, um, you know, <laughs> TGIF um, viewing. And the father, I'll never forget this, the, the father told his son who had uh, just gotten into some really deep gambling debt with some, with some pretty dangerous people. He'd borrowed a lot of money from people who wanted their money with interest, and they wanted it, and there was no way he could get it. And he went begging his dad, and he said, Look, Dad, they're going to hurt me. I need to get this money. And the father just looked him dead in the eye. I'll never forget it, and he said, Son, I can't help you. I've given you thousands of dollars. I've, I've tried to get you help. Right? We've talked about you going to rehab, said you would do the hard work, I, I told you I'd be here to help you, and the father basically had to say, look, I love you, I care about you, I can't do this anymore, there's nothing that I could do to help you, you're going to have to learn the hard way, and it might take you getting the shit kicked out of you by these gangsters to straighten you out, it might take you spending some time in jail because you know or because you're just not able to pay back your debts but I cannot do this anymore I can't enable your bad decisions and it was heartbreaking to watch right it was heartbreaking but you got to make that tough call to say look I love you I care about you as a parent as a friend as a co-worker as a army you know um, cadet a friend a policeman whatever but this behavior this new you, this new radicalized version of you ain't gonna fly. It's unhealthy. It's not, it's not conducive to anything. And it's either it or me. And so if they choose you, then that's where you have to say, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna, let me, you know, let me um, be where, be there for you whenever I can. I'll go with you to AA meetings. I'll I'll help you. You know, I'll I'll make sure that when we're all getting together, people know not to bring alcohol. You know, or we're not going to talk about politics. Or we're not going to talk about this stuff. We're just going to focus on our relationship. But if they choose the thing, if they choose the the MAGA stuff or the you know the militia stuff. Well, that, that brings me to my fourth point, which is you have to be willing to and have your mind made up that some people are just not, they're not going to be swayed from their, their viewpoints. They're not going to be, they're not going to be talked out of it. 
I remember listening to a pastor talk about this once in church where he said, you can't argue somebody into the kingdom of heaven, right? You can't nag and berate and, pardon my language, bitch and, and, and moan at somebody to get them to change their ways. They have to want to. And for some people, it might take, you know, that proverbial come to Jesus moment, the bottom of a bottom of a bottle of gin sitting in a prison cell in the drunk tank, you know, for the for the tenth time, you know, before they're like, I I can't do this anymore. There's a great um story in the Bible by um uh it's it's the prodigal son. And uh the prodigal son, he he wants to get the money from his dad so he can live his life and do whatever he wants. And the crazy thing about this story is if you if you study anything to do with um, you know, um, you know, the I guess history of that time period when it comes to the Torah, when it comes to um Jewish I guess you could say Jewish history or even just what was going on during that time period when the Bible was written, for a son to ask his father for his inheritance would have meant that he wished that his father were dead because that was the only time he would get his inheritance. So the father would have to liquidate whatever assets he had, being cattle, being land, and sell it and give it to his son. One of the most insulting things you could probably do to a father at that time period. Right? But he did it. Dad gave him the money. He went off. Subsequently blew his money on hookers and blow is basically what it was. Had a good old time, you know? Just lived it up. I mean, snorting fat rails of coke, sex and all the chicks, you know, buying in modern day time, he would have been buying Balenciaga, Red Bottoms, you know, pushing the Rolls Royce, whatever. Well, as every, anybody knows, when you're spending crazy money, if you don't have crazy money coming in, you know, you're going to go broke, which he did. So he goes broke, famine hits the land. Before you know it, he takes a job feeding pigs um, at a, you know, at a, at a farm. Now, if anybody knows Jewish culture, pigs are unclean. We don't want to mess with them. Well, he's feeding the pigs right now. So this, this analogy, you know, isn't lost on the reader in that time period. And he decides, you know what? I'm so hungry. I, I just want to eat whatever the pigs are eating right now. I'll just do it. And the best part of this, of this whole story is something that a pastor revealed to me years ago where he kind of sits up and he comes to himself. You know, he, he realizes, what the bleep, bleep, bleep is going on here? You know, a little segue. I have a, I have a sneaky suspicion there's a lot more swear words in the Bible than were written because a lot of the stuff that goes on, you know, people just wouldn't be saying, oh, golly, gee whiz, you know, I'm in trouble. You know, but you got to think, like, he comes to his senses, the prodigal son. He says, what the hell? My father has all these rooms in his place. He's got all this money. I'm just going to go back and say, look, I'm so sorry for what I did. Uh, please forgive me. This, that, and the third, right? Now, end of the, now, fast forward. He does come back to his father's place. The dad forgives him. They have a big feast. The bro the, his brother, who never left, kind of hates them for it. They, but they iron it out in the end. So it's a wonderful story if you ever get a chance to read it in the Bible. I forget what book it's in, but it's it's a good it's a good analogy because the part that I always try to zero in on is that the prodigal son he comes to his senses, he wakes up, he realizes what the heck I'm about to eat 
God knows what here. And and the people who serve my dad, not even not even his son, is doing better than me, right? And so had the father, right? Had the father of the prodigal son been nagging him, calling him, writing him, texting him, emailing him, sending him Twitter messages, snail mail, you name it. Excuse me, it wouldn't have worked. It would not have worked. For some people, for some individuals, they need to get that diagnosis from their doctor that says, hey, if you don't lose this weight, you're going to lose your foot because you're going to be diabetic. Right? Hey, if you don't stop smoking, forget about walking your daughter down the aisle. You'll be dead. You know, cut the crap. <laughs> you know? For so, some people, and, and again, some people, they take one sip of alcohol, have one drunken night, and they're like, never doing that again. Some people, it takes them to lose their house, their wife, their kids, their job. You know, covered in their own urine in the drunk tank somewhere on on like on another Saturday night before they realize, nah, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. But for the person that you love, that you care about, sometimes you're going to have to say, okay, I'm done. And I don't mean done. I mean done, done. Where I, I have no ability left in me anymore to put up with this I don't have the strength I don't even if I did I don't want to because it's a waste of my time it's a waste of my effort and I feel bad just talking about it right and so I you know I've had that experience and I'm sure many of people have and so when you are dealing with this thing and the reason I bring this up when it comes to you know, family and friends is because we are in the holidays. And I, I had a, a previous episode where I talked about how to deal with problematic family and friends during the holidays. But we are entering into a season right now, from now until probably, you know, the first, second of January, where almost every weekend is going to be filled with, if you're lucky, with some sort of get together or some sort of gathering. Right? And if you've been watching the news, right? If you haven't been living under a rock, there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on from climate change to political unrest to what's been going on with Russia and Ukraine, with what's been going on with, with, with um, you know, just gun violence. And, and there's a lot of hot button topics and issues that can cause a lot, and I mean a lot of strain with family, to the point where some family just might say, screw it, F it, it this ain't worth it, Right? There's enough stress in the world right now to have to worry about Aunt Jack, you know, talking about her healing crystals again and how Big Pharma is really in charge of COVID, right? It was a pandemic. Like there's only, and again, there's only so much you can do. But like I said, the person that you love and you care about once, once, and again, once I said, once that line is crossed and you've said to them, look, it's either this stuff or me, if they choose the other stuff, you have to have the courage and conviction to walk away and say, okay, I'm done. And let's be clear, there are billions of people on this earth. And within that Venn diagram of people that match with what your interests and likes are, you can find other friends. And you can find healthy relationships. The tough part is when it's with parents, right? Because if you're of a certain age, you know, you're a grown person, you've had all these experiences with your family, it, it could be tough. To tell your your siblings, your aunts and uncles, look, I ain't I ain't messing with dad anymore. 
dad's gone off the deep end. You know, I ain't, I ain't effing, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't grooving, you know, I ain't cool with mom anymore because of this, this, this cult thing that she's a part of. It's dangerous and she can't, she can't see it. You know, it's tough. It's, and so listening to some of these stories, you know, or maybe you might have, you know, a story that, you know, hindering your relationship with a family member or friend. It's tough. And by no means should you go it alone. You know, talk to somebody, reach out to friends that you can trust that, that you feel, you know, might be able to understand what you're going through because all in all, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see somebody fall to something that you know is dangerous you know it's tough to not take on the role of being self-righteous and you know condescending when somebody tells you that by you know taking this supplement can cure this disease and whatever else you know it's tough and and when you're going through that going through that I I don't want to say yeah, I guess that process or that, you know, the events or whatever, it, you mourn the loss of the person that you used to love. And, and I think I'll end with this, regardless of what other people are doing, you can only do what you can do. You can only control what you can control. And so the person that you love or you care about, or that you really remember these warm, great times, they might be gone for good. They might have been radicalized into something that is so problematic, that is so full of hatred and and just weird energy that you're, you're like, I can't, I just can't be a part of it. And that, that can be the, one of the hardest things to do, right? But hopefully some of these tips will help you. I know that they've actually helped me. Um, I, like I said before, I have some, some close relations that... I've had to distance myself from. I know that um, due to some of the events that have taken place within the last two years with everything from Every Child Matters to Black Lives Matters to, you know, um, social unrest to racial unrest, there have been some very interesting conversations that have been needed to have that I've, I've needed to have. And, and I've, I've, I've actually used some of these, these tactics to help bring a lot more peace. It, it's never going to be easy. It's, it's not going to be one size fits all. There are definitely hundreds of ways that you can deal with this. Um, like I said, I've, I've met some people that have literally just cut their, their family off completely. Um, they just, they just don't have time for, for any of the bullshit that they're like, you know, got zero, zero tolerance policy for that. Um, I'm a little bit you know, as my mother, God rest her souls, would say a little bit softer in that regard, but make, yeah, but it, when it comes down to it, you have to ask yourself, what, how, what price do you put on your peace of mind? What price of, what price do you put on your, your, just your sanity? You know, it's, if you love somebody who's involved in something that's crazy and that's destructive, it is exhausting to be a part of, of trying to help them. You know, it's, it's so debilitating and so draining. Like you'll come back from family get togethers and gatherings feeling like you just got run over by a tank. 
you're having a debate about this and you're 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 talking about this and blah 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 and you're like oh my gosh i just can't do it right and let, let's be clear like when you are when you have family and friends you want them you want them to know that you love them and that you care about them and that they are they're valuable to you but i, I would hope and this is what i want to end it on here i would hope that the people that you love and you care about would value you as well and recognize, hey, this is not the thing that they care about. This is not something that they they espouse to. And if 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 they're open-minded enough, they can say, look, I, I believe in this, 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 and this. But you don't. Cool. We can still have a conversation and still have a debate and still talk about stuff and still be in a in a like mind when it comes to things and we don't have to talk about the politics stuff right we don't have to talk about the the um, the crazy conspiracy theories but ho- hopefully this um, this adds something to your to your day like I said it's it's not always easy you know keep your head on a swivel out there keep fighting the good fight and uh, until next time be good to another one another out there take care of each other and stay safe peace